Welcome to Tiki Central Canada. Ever wonder what's in that cool, refreshing drink that you just have to have on that hot summer's day? Mmm, me too. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He has left society. He has entered Tiki Central with palm trees, beach sand, blue skies, and God, get me a drink now. Here's your hosts, Craig, Paula, and Mark, and their wacky views in drinks, life, and maybe information. Hey folks, and hey, how we doing? Hey, it's Craig here from Tiki Central Canada. I'll be your host, your bartender, your mixologist, and hopefully information for the hour. We'll see how it goes. And Paula's here. How are we doing, Paula? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. We're in Paula's Palace right now. So, Paula uh, Land. Paula Land. Yeah, that's right. It's not like Disneyland. You know, the rides are gone, but uh, there's lots of wildlife. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we send chipmunks and things running by. So, uh, no deer so far. <sighs> no, whatever. Uh, so, yeah. So, Paula is our tiki cocktail newbie. Yes. So she's always asking the questions that you guys want to ask. Hopefully. Hopefully. I, 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 that's, that's the dream. You're doing your fan club proud. Here we go. Aww. Do I have a fan <laughs> club? That would be cute. I'm sure you do. If you're out there, fan club, I love you. Aww. <laughs> Wait, we don't get any love. Why is that happening? <laughs> I see you guys too often. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're part of the family now. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Mark is here. How are we doing, Mark? We're doing great. Awesome. So Mark is our tiki expert. I've uh, been over 60 tiki places and bars around the world. Yeah. A, a drinking aficionado. Yes. <laughs> he's, done a, he's, like, he's like Jeff the Beach Bumberry. He's done a lot of research in quotations. Uh, yeah. So anyways, uh, and he knows all the menus off by heart, of course. <laughs> exactly like me. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the version, the virgin option of every, every single drink we've tried. Exactly. Yeah. She knows every virgin model we have of every drink we've it's ever just, done. Ah, oh, the booze just ruins it for me. <laughs> yeah, that drinking stuff is terrible. Okay, never say that again. Ever. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Mark's like virgin drinks. I don't what? do these things. What? I understand. I understand right where you're coming from with it, but why can't you understand where I'm coming from with it? Oh, I do. He just doesn't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> okay. A drink without rum is like, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> For the taste. I understand entirely. Go bake a pie, right? Yeah. Go if bake you a just pie. want yeah. the taste, go bake a pie, <laughs> that's woman. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> baking for that, no? <laughs> okay. Anyway, well, so let's go on to the show. What are we going to be talking about today? So today, we're going to be talking about two different cocktails. This One is fine the, fall day. That's right. It is fall day. So we're going to talk about the apple cider old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. That's the one you loved. And the apple cider mule, which is like the Moscow mule, kind of a spinoff of that one. And that's the one you didn't love. So that I hated. There we go. So we got one smile and one pucker face. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what we got when we uh, sampled the drinks. And uh, she's even made her own version of the, uh, the, the one of the drinks already. So there we go. <laughs> I know. Like I gave her like my spin on it. And she's like, no, I'm going to add more to it now. I'm like, okay, add more spices. Go for it. Here we go. <laughs> well, I was I was just giving it a go, you know, since I decided to make my virgin version of it. There we go. No, it worked out really good. I like it. For so sure. is there a reason why we're doing cider cocktails today? Well, for two reasons. One, that we're going into the we're in the fall right now. So obviously it's getting colder nights and colder days. So you maybe you want something hot, like kind of a hot beverage. And apple ciders is one of those great things in the North American region that is 
not year round, but yeah, more in the summer and definitely more into the fall. We'll see ciders popping up in farmland and everywhere and in the stores and uh, your local vendors will have ciders as well. Uh, also, too, it's our Canadian Thanksgiving this weekend coming up here soon. Uh, and also, too, in the States, on uh, Thursday, November 26th, is their Thanksgiving. Obviously, this is going to be a different kind of Thanksgiving this year because we got COVID. So it's going to be completely different than we normally would you know, experience for sure. So what drink do you want to talk about first, the love or the hate? Okay, so we're first going to talk about the apple cider old-fashioned. Is that the one I liked? That's the one you liked. <gasps> it's good, this guys. This is the one that you liked. It's really good. Ding, 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 ding for all you Paula fans out there. Oh, yeah. I wonder if I have a fan. If oh, you're my fan, please fans. send you've us a, a note. <laughs> I feel like I'm the hated one in this no, show. No, no, you get fans. Well, it was funny because Cam, we were talking the other day. He's, he's obviously comes to the bar every single day. And anyway, so when he left the show... Uh, I said, oh, you know, people were asking where Cam is, Cam is. And I said, yeah, it took about six months. And now they're like, you know, they're, they're done with that. <laughs> now they're all happy. There's Paula and his Mark and, you know, all the new talent and everything. And they're solely happy with the show. So Cam, if you're listening, you know, I don't think I've ever we'll, we'll shed a tear for you. <laughs> I've never been called new talent before. So that's so perfect. <laughs> that's true. Eh? Maybe, maybe in your twenties when yeah. you were the new yeah. talent, yeah. but it just, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Eh? It's like, <laughs> that's uh, adorable. I've been around the block a little bit. There yeah. we go. Yeah. For a while. <laughs> Aren't you happy to be a new talent? Mark? Yeah. It makes me happy. Reminiscing. Oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> okay. So, Tell me, because I'm actually curious to know what's in the apple cider old fashioned. All right, so let's go through the recipe. So we're going to do two ounces of whiskey, which is in the original recipe, but in ours, and also I'll put on the page there for you guys, I used a rum. And the rum I actually use is a nice dark Barbados rum that we actually had at the Tiki Central Party. Um, Mark, what's your take on that uh, rum when we tried it out? Was that the, uh, the caramel light one? Was, yeah, this one. Yeah. Very nice. I liked it. It has a lot of, uh, I think, caramel uh, vanilla taste to it. That's why I kind of thought this would be great for this drink right now. Yeah. Yep. So you also get some apple cider in there, and then you're going to have some dashes of bitters. You want to know something funny? Yes. I find that it that it tastes better with the rum. No, it's true. I didn't do the whiskey one. No, no. Um, I mean, for you, my virgin yeah. versus my, my... Oh, okay. So your virgin version of this Just compared so, to the so rum Just so people understand. Okay. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of getting drunk. Everyone yes. knows that already. Well, yeah, of course we all know that. Exactly. Yeah. So I tasted his, right? With yeah. the, one, the and half, one and a half. One and a half? No, mine has a two in it. Yeah, yeah. Two ounces of rum. And it was very nice. So I decided to go upstairs and make a virgin. Well, have him make me a virgin uh, option of it. Mm-hmm. It actually tastes better with the rum. Uh, Amazingly Mark's enough, like, it yes. didn't burn me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, was, but I'm That's I'm what a now good thinking. Should do. But I'm now thinking that it's because he of the rum he chose. That yes, specific rum, rum that is, is very smooth, caramelly, vanilla, yeah. vanilla. Yeah, yeah. it's very smooth for sure. Yeah, you want to make sure that you when you're picking your rum for you know cocktails, use a rum that you yourself love. I mean, don't go out and buy something that you are not familiar with. Um, and if you do, do it in small bottles. So yeah, so that's what we would kind of recommend for that. Yeah. But um, yeah, just use your favorite rum for this. That's what I did. I went and picked out my Barbados rum, and I that's the one we used. It was great. So did he shake it, or did he stir it? Neither, I think. I felt it. Uh-huh. I felt it in the glass. <laughs> See? So I, I knew. Because <laughs> 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 he didn't ask me for the shaker yeah. either. Yeah, yeah. My, oh. Nope. Didn't ask for a shaker today. Do you know where the shaker is? Uh, I think it's in the sink over there. I don't know. No. Oh, no. 
he would have needed to ask me. So yeah. he didn't ask me anything. No, no. So, I, so what it is, I built this in a Collins glass. So what you do is you're going to put it in the whiskey or the rum, whatever one you want to do. Two thirds of the glass, you're going to fill with apple cider. And then two dashes. Now on ours, I think I did three or four because I kind of like more of a, I don't know. I know Mark's like me. He wants more of a bite. So really the dashes could put two and then taste it. Maybe you might want to put another one or two in there. Don't overdo it first. And then, then you can't take it. In other words, you can't take it away. You can always add, but you can't take it away. So you know what I mean? Like just work on the dashes of the bitters. The garnish is an apple slice. You're totally correct on that. And a nice cinnamon stick. So he, he did a very thin apple slice. You people. Yes. A really nice yes, shiva uh, thin slice. Yeah. Very, uh, very it's, chef-like. It's waffle thin. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll get it right. One of these takes. There we go. Take 17. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Cut. I'm getting hungry. There's no take 17. <laughs> Any right. other alterations or alternatives that you tried or would yeah, like? So on ours, we actually did is because the cider itself, um, it is all kind of also to this drink is going to come down to your cider. So if your cider is, she's doing some construction work over here. Renovations <laughs> in the studio here. Uh, so anyways, uh, so what I is that? Uh, she's like, I need a blanket. My feet are cold. I know, I know. It's just like our basement. I know the same thing. So anyway, so yeah, the cider is going to come down to uh, where you get the cider from because some ciders I know have cinnamon in there, nutmeg in there. Uh, they put all this stuff in there as well, like cloves and things like that. So you're going to get a more of a spicier cider. So the one I had didn't have a lot of spice to it. So I actually added some cinnamon syrup in there and you can do that as well if yours is not as potent. Um, and also too, you can also make this hot or cold. So the version that we are giving you, the recipe we're giving you is cold with ice. But to make it hot, all you got to do is Take the uh, cider and either microwave it, and so it's a nice, a hot, nice hot cider. And then, so when you build the drink, do it that way. Obviously, you're not gonna put any ice in there in the drink, so that's how you do it as a hot drink. You would I think you that heat that up the work well even as a virgin drink. Oh you know, for yeah, kids yeah. And all. Yeah, if you took out this, you take out the, the the alcohol, it would be a really good virgin drink. Good, good suggestion as well for it's you people that have kids. And hey, I want something, you know, it's like Thanksgiving, kind of fall season-like. It's a great drink for that as well. That, this definitely is my staple fall drink mm-hmm. from now on. Because I, like I don't know it. about you, but I, I grew up, unfortunately, my mom served us Alan's apple juice. And so if you've never seen Alan's apple juice, it's this gigantic can. It's about a probably about a liter. And um, so the funny thing was that my mom would open it. And back then, the you would do is you puncture the can, like with an old can opener. So like, you know, two sides of it. And then you pour it. Well, my mom didn't know anything about tin poisoning. And she would put the cider, the, the, the apple juice back in the fridge. And I would notice, like, the day, every day it goes by, it's getting more and more tinny, like, like kind of metallic-like. <laughs> it's yeah, like, a little bit blacker <laughs> every other day. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, if my mom knew back then, it's like, you're poison, slowly poisoning us. <laughs> <It's> um, <laughs> maybe she did know. Maybe she did know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you just keep drinking that apple juice, Craig, okay? No, no, I know it tastes weird. I know. Just keep drinking. That's right. You're my favorite. Craig. <laughs> You're my have favorite some, son. <laughs> have some more. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think it's it, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Yeah. But I did survive. So boom, I survived tin poisoning. There we go. <laughs> Is there a specific kind of apple that you should use to make apple cider? Because I have a whole apple tree up out front. So it's more well, of this a battery. This one's like Macintosh. Oh, no, mine's more bitter. Yeah. Yeah, because some apples will be more bitter than others. That's actually a good thing I want to mention, too. It's not on the script here. Is that when, they, when pilgrims came over to North America, there was apples here. And well, they also brought apple trees to the plant as well. Um, at that time, there was only eight types of apple. Okay. 
uh, now today, there's over 200 types of apple. Like, it's insane. Like, it's just, I guess, it's either through infusions and crossbreedings or different climates or whatever. Now there's, like, so many different varieties of apple up there. So, but apple cider usually is made with Macintosh for the most part, I think, is what they usually go with. Certainly around here. Yeah, for sure. Up in Canada, it would be a Macintosh apple for sure. I agree. Very nice. Yes. So. We agree all around. This is true. You like it too, don't oh, yeah. you? It's an, it's an unanimous. And and uh, here's another Paula tip. Oh, here we go. When you're done, well, first of all, let let your drink sit as much as possible because then the cinnamon stick will let go of its flavors into the drink. Exactly. And the apple will suck it into mm-hmm. herself. So when the boys were done with the drink, I actually ate their apples. Oh, man, that's got to be good. That was fantastic. Oh, I'm sure. So, Basically fermented, fermented apple. It's so hard just to let it sit there, though. You <laughs> did a pretty good job in there. I believe you. Oh, well. <laughs> but yeah, the more you let you're, it you're sit. You're holding back. I know. Maybe prepare it earlier, you know, and leave it sitting yeah. there for a while. Yeah, that's a good point. So this drink is one of those ones where it actually it gets better through time. It does. You know what I mean? Like the longer it, the, it's the dilution of the ice cubes and then the cinnamon in there and the apple in there. You get a lot more flavor as the drink goes on. I would even say to the person that is willing to let it sit there to wait to put the ice cubes later. Yeah, true. But just like, let it just ferment let it for cure a bit and let it you know, cure. Exactly. For a while. Yeah. Hey, I like that. That's cool. When you're I ready to, to drink it, you either put it in the microwave or you put the, the ice cubes. There you go. And there you go. It will be much more flavorful. Paula's tip. Paula's tip. There we go. We got a new segment now. All right, there we yeah. go. Paula's tip. I finally find like it's the what third drink in this whole show that I actually like. I know, I know. By the way, hey, we have to make, make a little point here because we're talking about Paula's favorite drink. Yeah. Uh, Mark sent off a notification to the messenger to all of us. Uh, and what is Mark? Is the notification that you send off to us there? Yes, it's about the uh, the blue Hawaiian. The guy that actually originally made the Blue Hawaiian, who created the Blue Hawaiian, okay, his name is Howard Yee in Hawaii, is 102 years old. <gasps> Unbelievable. He's alive and 102? Oh, 102. So wow. I guess from my readings in this article, it's like the Blue Hawaiian makes you live a long, long life. <laughs> it's almost like you're being well-preserved. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. All that rum is Did very Linda different. love it? Oh, she loved the Blue Hawaiian. Yes, very much. Yeah, yeah. No, when we were at the party, she loved the Blue Hawaiian for sure. Ah. Yep. That's so, yeah, my that was, girl. That was a really cool article you sent there, Mark. Uh, yeah. yeah, the Blue Hawaiian, the history of the Blue Hawaiian. It's amazing. Hmm. The guy's 102. He's still alive. And you're always like, what? These people aren't dead? <laughs> it's unbelievable to me. Some there we go. We finally talk about another living living uh, <laughs> recipe maker. So there you nice. go. <laughs> They're not, they haven't all passed. Oh, okay. There you go. So, what's. What's the next drink? All right, so let's talk about the apple cider mule. That's the Whoa. one you didn't like. The pucker face came out on that Whoa. one for sure. Um, yeah, because it's like, well, it's, it's like a Moscow mule. It's got ginger beer in there. But so come I on, think none of us was. really liked it, did we? It was okay. I, uh, I wasn't a big you fan loved of it. it, Mark? No. No, I, it was no, okay. Like, yeah, ginger beer. I think that's the, okay. See. So what? what is in this? All right, so let's go through that. So it is going to be two ounces of vodka, and it's going to be some apple cider and some ginger beer. And so I think it's a ginger beer. I think it's either a love it or hate it thing. Yeah, yeah for a yeah, lot of true. people. It is. Some people I either love ginger like or hate it. ginger. Yeah. But you know what the thing is with ginger beer is also just like ginger ale. It's very good for you. It's got a lot of healthy qualities to it, though. You didn't know that. Uh, ginger is really good, actually, if you have an upset stomach. That's why they say always drink some ginger ale when you're 
not feeling good because the ginger will kind of, you know, settle your stomach down if you're not feeling too good. So did ah. you shake? Yeah. Did you shake this one? Did you stir it? What did you do? Built this bad boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's right. And uh, so what it is, I poured it into a copper mug. Well, actually, no, I didn't pour it into a copper mug because Paula doesn't have copper mugs. Christmas coming around the corner. There we go. I have a what? Copper mug. Copper. Copper. Why would I what have a the? copper mug? Because that's how you make a Moscow mule. It was a copper mug. Doesn't somebody in this house like Moscow mules? I, I don't think yes, so. Yes, Justin does. Justin loves Moscow mules. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yes, yeah, so we poured it into a copper mug. If you don't have a copper mug, then yes, a double-fashioned glass will work. Uh, fill, um, so you put the vodka in there, and then you fill the cup up two-thirds of the way up with apple cider. Again, same thing. And then you to top this one off with ginger beer. And do you garnish it? Yeah, so you're going to garnish this with an apple slice again and a cinnamon stick. And the same thing. You basically want that to sit for a while, let that cinnamon stick kind of ferment and get into the drink, and uh, you get yourself a really good drink. I know all three of us, I think, was like, it was okay. It wasn't, like, amazing. I guess because I just, I love yeah, Moscow it, Mules instead. I'm not yeah, a big fan. Yeah, I think fan if, you of, like, if you're uh, a fan of the Moscow Mule, you'll definitely like this. Yeah, so if you like ginger, this is a drink for you for sure. Exactly. Hmm, I don't. That's probably... <laughs> That's why you did the pucker face. Like, yeah. what the hell is this? For what sure. am I drinking? Because <laughs> the other one that's exactly the same thing almost, but doesn't have the ginger beer, I love. I really love. Exactly, yeah. By the way, I just want to add on here, it's not in the script there, I did print off for you guys, and I will put it on the website as well. Martha Stewart has her own cider bourbon cocktail. So, uh, and there's actually there's a video for it, so I even, I'll put the link in the video. Hers basically got some apple cider in her, bourbon again, uh, lemon juice, which is kind of interesting because it makes it a little bit tart. Uh, then Probably put it in the place of the bitters. Yeah, and then ginger. So if you're not a big fan of ginger as well, and then small apples. And I will put that on the recipe, on the uh, website for you. Oh, excuse me, slices guys. of ginger. Yeah, yeah. So actually you put the ginger, actually like physical slices of ginger in there. Oh, that's yeah. fair. That's she doesn't use cinnamon though. Hmm? She doesn't use cinnamon though, no. which I think is going to be really missing. Exactly, yeah. I mean, they, she did garnish it with an apple, but I think the cinnamon needs to be in there. That's oh, why we didn't do that one. Look at that. She makes a good note here. She says, makes ice cubes from cider. Yeah, we actually watched the video. It's really they cool. They won't water down your drink as they melt. Exactly. You're actually adding more cider to your drink. I should do that with Coca-Cola from now on. There you go. From a Coke and just, yeah, lots more Coke. No, for my Coke. <laughs> Without rum, I don't like it when it waters down with from the ice. Oh, I see. You just use those oh, coke cubes. Yeah. coke cubes. Okay. I make coke cubes inside my coke. Well, that's a whole lot of coke. <laughs> that's what... well, we're we're full blown coke here now. Okay, it's it. Mark's Anyhow, like, no comment. Yeah. No, no, it's fine. Coke cubes for coke. That's it. Oh yes. Yeah. The water waters it down. Oh, I do. You like agree. watered down coke? No, no, no. I me neither. It, no, no. I put it in rum. Why would I care? <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> you two really want people to think you two are alcoholics. No, you? we're not. No, we're not at all. Like, okay. We just enjoy our rum. That's all. <laughs> Anywho, obviously, it's an apple cider day that we've been talking about apple cider. Yes. What is the significance of apple cider to Thanksgiving specifically? Because you've mentioned those two things. Hard cider is the most popular drink when the sellers came over from Europe over to North America, and at least during the, in the regions of Virginia, especially because that's where all the apple growing regions were. So why was cider more popular back then? So what it is is that when they came over from the, the Europe to North America, the beer was obviously the most popular thing, and then you bring it on a boat with them. But then eventually through time, the beer would deteriorate and the, the supplies would uh, dwindle. So the farmers figured out from a single tree that they could actually produce enough apples to make five to six barrels of cider. 
And so that means that all the other farmers need to do is pick the berries, put them in a the barrel, and just be patient and wait for them to ferment. Uh, but also, too, back then, water was still questionable. So water was very still a pollutant, yeah. had a lot of disease to it. So you don't want to drink water like we know today. Like, we're very lucky that we can drink water like we do because back then you couldn't. You actually had to boil it or you had to do alternatives like which was beer, rum, and cider, and things like that you had to drink because there's no other option. Now, we just talked about the uh, term apple cider in the States called hard cider, but also the States also have something called the Applejack. So when you go to the liquor store, you'll see actually Applejack, especially in the States. I don't see too much of them in Canada. Here and there, I'll see a bottle of it here and there at LCBO. But I know in, in the States there, in their liquor stores, you have something called Applejack. And it's a, basically an apple-produced liqueur. So how does um, one go from cider to hard cider? So what it is is that the skin of the apple, when it sits in the barrel, eventually it will produce an airborne yeast, which produces sugar, which eventually will ferment and turn into alcohol. And that's how you go from regular apple cider to hard cider. Hmm. So then after their fermentation, what happens next? So what they'll do is that's a low alcohol content that cider is. So that to make it a higher proof alcohol or the Applejack that we know here, uh, what is in the wintertime, the farmers would leave it outside in barrels and it'd freeze. And so what they would do is then in the spring or even during the winter, they would skim off the top the water slush. And that would do is leave the alcohol because the water would freeze faster or quicker than the alcohol would. So shaving off that water off the top of it, the only thing left now is alcohol. Is there any apple cider here in Canada that the two of you could um, say this is the best one I've tried? Um, I don't know because I'm, I'm again, unfortunately, with my mom and the Allen's apple juice, she kind of like tainted apple juice for me in some ways. Like I just I never became a fan after that. So um, getting this apple cider this weekend was probably the first time I actually bought apple juice or apple cider. So you mean low, do you mean uh, alcoholic or non-alcoholic? Um, I, I guess non. Just um, I don't. I get whatever I go to a farmer's market. You get a jug of apple cider. Okay, so preference to not local. not the, like local the super, farmers. Yeah, like, a lot of the local farmers will have it. Not one that has a brand, for example. Yeah, because oh. yeah. when you buy, so, okay. yeah, folks. Yeah, good question. So if you buy apple cider, I say at a farmer's, you're going to get something that's a little more pure, made basically from made to table kind of thing. But if you buy, say, apple cider at a grocery store. They're going to add all kinds of preserves into that. They're going to add sugar into there. They're going to add all kinds of stuff to make sure that it lasts. You know, you'll see the, the expiry dates like six months from now. Well, yeah. real apple cider really doesn't last that long. It, you know what I mean? It's one of those things. It's like if we, we make, when we make the syrups, like mm-hmm. the ginger syrups, the cinnamon syrups, they only last a week or two, where if I go buy the ginger syrup in the store, it lasts a year because it's got all kinds of other stuff in there to keep it going. Okay. So anyways, uh, by the way, we've also heard the term uh, an apple day will keep the doctor away. We've also heard that. So does anyone know where that came from? Maybe because um, apples make you healthy. Maybe because eating healthy foods is good for you. So what it is, it's an old English preverb that basically means that eating nutritious food will always make you, you, you make you healthier. But the phrase actually goes all the way back to 1866. So I did some research on this. So when a magazine published it, it was first known example was eat an apple on going to bed, and you'll keep the doctor from earning his bread. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a cooler story. I like that. I like that one better. I like one better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, So yeah, because yes. then the doctor would would have to wait until someone broke a leg or something. Yeah, exactly. For real. <sighs> Man, people are eating apples, and I'm not getting any yeah. business. This sucks. <laughs> so by the turn of the 20th century, several variations of the rhyme circulated through England, and eventually the most popular one we know now is the apple day keeps the doctor away. 
Uh, another side note, by the way, as uh, my research I did, and also too, uh, when I lived in the United States, and corn, uh, I didn't notice about corn until I was living down in Indiana, there actually is apples and corn, the same thing, um, that uh, humans can eat, and then there's apples and corn that humans are not supposed to eat. It's made for animals for their feed. So, example, in a cornfield, okay, there, it's really weird. What it is in the cornfield near the road, the corn that's nearest to the road actually is for the horses. That's the horse's feet. And then the good corn for the human beings that human beings can eat is in the middle. Do you want to know why? Yeah. Because what it is, is when I'm driving along the road, I'm like, hey, I'm just going to steal some corn off this field here and take it home. So people would do is pick the corn nearest the road and then take off. Well, that's actually the, not the good corn. That's for, for human beings anyway. It's a corn for horse feed. So that's how the farmers actually lay out their corn. And it's the same thing for apples. There's apple, different types of apples that are actually meant to be animal feed, not for human beings. There's also two types of pumpkins. Ah, no, I did not know that. There's pie pumpkins and there's jack-o'-lantern pumpkins. I did not know that. Oh so, my God. Yeah, I learned that the hard way by trying to, <laughs> trying to strain and mush a regular jack-o'-lantern pumpkin into a pie pumpkin. And that Mark was, makes yeah. a pumpkin pie like, oh my God, that's the worst thing I've ever tasted. Oh man, it was... <laughs> Looked like a tea bag. It was so stringy. Oh my god! You know something? There's it, the same thing happened to me. No there, way. We have a sweet in Brazil that is a pumpkin sweet. Yeah. But in Brazil, we have a different kind of pumpkin that has a very long neck. Yeah. And it's called long neck pumpkin. That I. It looks more like a squash. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. with a longer neck. Right. Like four times the neck of the squash. Oh wow. Oh my god. I've never seen it here. A right. mutant. Here, I just see the the pretty pumpkin that that's the yeah. lantern, I guess, pumpkin, right? So. As soon as pumpkin came in season last year, I rushed to go buy a pumpkin because I was craving that sweet. Yeah. I never in a million years <laughs> thought it would be so hard to cut a pumpkin. I had to ask Justin to, to slice the whole pumpkin for me because it was, because you have to boil it. Yeah. Without the outside of it. What's it called? The, skin. The skin. Yeah, without the skin. It yeah, was yeah, yeah. so hard to take the skin off that damn pumpkin. Oh, no. So what pumpkin do you use? Pie pumpkin. That's what they're called. And where so, do you find... I've never seen pie pumpkin. When you go to a, a store, you ask, is this a pie pumpkin? And they'll go, no. <laughs> well, no, because the ones that are outside, when you pick outside, usually they're in a bins outside the store. Yeah, they're those the, are lantern packs. Yeah. Those are like, yeah, those are just decoration pumpkins. But yeah. I mean, like, most people I know, they go and just go get the pumpkin pie fill. Yes. Like, they I'm, go down the... There's like a, you know, the... the what I'm thinking of, the vegetable and canned vegetables and, can, and whatever. And yeah. then there's usually like pumpkin pie fill. Yeah. <laughs> E.D. Smith, pumpkin pie filling. Exactly. Because, yes. I'll tell you, okay, my sweet yeah. wouldn't work with that. Well, guess what? My mom and I, many years ago, decided we we're going to do a pumpkin pie. That's how I learned about pie pumpkins uh, from scratch. And we had a uh, cookbook from her mother. So it was from the 1800s. Wow. wow. So we go into it. We look up pumpkin pie. And the first thing it says is open can pumpkin pie filling. Wow. No way. <laughs> Wait, wait, was the can opener embedded back then? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, Apparently. yeah, so it's just like, this is one of these things people have never liked to do, oh, is make pumpkin, pumpkin pies pie. from scratch. That's, I, yeah, that that is blowing my mind. It's one of the best pies <laughs> yeah. in the world, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like when Thanksgiving, when we get a pumpkin pie for all of us, I'll like look at it going, so what are you guys having? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I can eat that whole pie. Like, I mean, yeah. that's not a problem. <laughs> so, yeah. So when you find out though, you can actually like bake it and cut it and put cinnamon and all kinds of good stuff on it. No, for, for, for our sweet, basically you, you, you cut the pot, the pumpkin in a bunch of little squares yeah. mm -hmm. without the skin. Right. 
you throw it in in your pot and you let it basically boil because it's going to start to let water out right yeah then you add sugar right you add coconut um shreds Mm -hmm. it's it's fantastic the sweet is fantastic it's really really good i want some I, yeah. I know I can't wait for it, man. If you, oh my if you God. can help me cut the pe- the pumpkin, yeah, I can do that. We can. I can make it easy. It's it's easy to make, but we got a chainsaw here somewhere. Right? We, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're in the woods. We have to. They got an axe. Come on, yeah. let's go. <laughs> the hardest part is really getting the skin out. I think. Because oh yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, someone that's good at carving pumpkins, please send us a, a there note. There we go. I would love to have you carve some pumpkins out for me. Welcome to Mark's Adventures. Yay. 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 All right, Mark. So what bar are we talking about today? Today we're talking about the Tonga Hut in Palm Springs, California. I like that name, Tonga Hut. Tonga Hut. It sounds very native-like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Polynesian for sure. Yeah. So, you, have you ever mentioned the Tonga Hut on our, one of our shows before? We mentioned a Tonga Hut uh, when we were talking about LA, one of the first episodes I was here. And uh, Tonga Hut, which is in North LA, that opened in 1958, making it the oldest wow. tiki bar in Los Angeles. Not to be confused with the Tonga Room, which is up in uh, San Francisco. Right. Which is one of the oldest tiki bars anywhere. Wow. Yeah. So, you're right. So, this is a second location that's located in Palm Springs that opened in 2013. So very recently. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, okay. So we're in Palm Springs. If I was going to Palm Springs, where am I looking? Palm Springs? Yes. That's where actually a good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause it's just well, like, you know, Palms, cause you say answer. California, <laughs> like you say California, but it's, um, we had no idea how close Palm Springs was to everything. Actually, you know what? Yeah. It's, yeah. Cause I, mean, I always think Palm Springs is in California, right? I mean, yeah, it's it part is. of California. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, oh, I'm thinking like California, California. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you're thinking of Los Angeles, <laughs> Los Angeles San or Diego, something. right? Exactly. Yeah, right, that, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's uh, it's right beside the Sonoran Desert. Yeah. And it's four hours southwest of Las Vegas. Yes. So now you're there, and it's only two hours due east of Disneyland. Only two hours. Yeah. So what you could do is drop off the kids at Disneyland. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> go back to Tonga Tonga. <laughs> go all right. Well, well, a couple rounds here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the kids? Oh, they're being yeah, yeah, at yeah. the park. At the uh, park. Magic Mountain or whatever. <laughs> Magic Mountain yeah, or something. Sp- I don't know. Uh, space. We uh, opened the door uh, and threw them out. That's yeah. all we did. <laughs> it's like, uh, so anyway, so is this a real tiki bar or? Um? Yeah, really. So, very much so. It's, uh, but not your typical dark indoor escapism because it's um, no white walls or that kind of stuff. Right. The, uh, okay. the town of Palm Springs is like a mid-century architecture showcase the homes are just pristine all the way from the the 50s um and the climate the desert climate preserves all the buildings everything is just amazing the artwork appliances you name it so while the decor in the place is very much tiki it's in the style it's also very mid-century and so it's like there's spaces in between like there's a balcony and there's open bars and there's like different lamps that are more mid-century type as opposed to the tiki lamps that you would see in a dark tiki bar very cool very cool yeah the bar itself is located right on the main drag which is called palm canyon drive and it's up on the second floor has an outdoor balcony uh, overlooking the street has bar area really nice bar and uh, little uh, private seating areas on the side and it has a secret room wait what okay what yeah a secret (gasps) room i want to know more about that yeah 
Well, back in the heyday of Palm Springs, many of the stars used to go there to get out of the way, including there was a Don the Beachcomber there and that kind of stuff. And all these places would have secret rooms where Sinatra and all these other types could get away from the, the public. Clark Gable? Clark Gable. <laughs> yes, he would get there. <laughs> yes, he would probably. It's like the running joke of shows here. Okay. Yeah. At any rate, the Tonga Hut continues that tradition of having a secret room. Uh, there's a phone booth. You go into the phone booth. You just kind of push the wall. Oh, very cool. And into a hidden room. And then in there, there's another room and a lanai oh on it God. by itself. <laughs> Actually, the lanai was designed by a mug maker and artist, Tiki Diablo. Very cool stuff. And... It's not that great a secret because you can actually book it for 50 bucks. Ah. <laughs> but you can now book the Nonetheless, room. you have to go through it and you're completely separate from the rest of the bar. Nobody knows you're there and you can do whatever you want. Uh, between two and 12 people. The day we were there, there was a baby shower. Oh, no way. During the day. See, that's that not what really I was cool. picturing when you were saying you can do whatever you want. Now, that also, that also kind of reminds me of, because I'm actually rereading the uh, Sipping Safari Jeff Beach Berry book. And it talks about Don and Beachcomber's place and Trader Vic's and obviously the, the Luau room. And if I remember correctly, and I can't remember which one, I'm pretty sure it's Don and Beachcomber's, and maybe you can correct me, I'm not quite sure, that actually Frank Sinatra had his own very secret room. And so the waiters made sure when Frank walked in, they would make sure he'd get him in there real quick and that he was not interrupted. If someone wanted to go in the room, like, no, they'd kind of like be bodyguards and they'd make sure nobody bothered him. And they would find some way, I remember one of the stories, they would find some way to get him out of the building without anyone noticing him. I don't know if they disguised him, maybe they put a hat on him with some glasses and stuff, whatever, but they made sure like no one would bother him on the way out either. A lot of clubs have a separate entrance for the VIP sectors. Right. So in Brazil, we have that too. We have a lot of famous, my, my city is the biggest, right? Yeah. So all of the famous Brazilians are in Sao Paulo. Right. If So for example, usually it's a second floor. Right that you will have a whole balcony wrapping around the whole club or bar or whatever, yeah. that they will, it will have a, a separate entrance, usually through a back street yeah. with um, separate security, whatever. No one can go up there unless they're paying a lot of money. Right. And like it's divided room. in different little sectors too, right? Yeah, yeah. So definitely that's probably how they did the Frank Sinatra thing. Because even in, in um, the clubs in New York, they used to have that kind of thing like too. Like backdoor kind of process, yeah. right? Yeah. The back doors. The, like you don't really, the people that are in, in the main floor, they can't really see. Up into the main, onto the VIP Like they areas. can see, but there's a lot of fog, you know, right. like the, yeah. the well, it's a club, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a club. Yeah. So you might think, oh, that guy looked like Frank. Sinatra, but yeah, who, who's who knows, right? You, you can't really put no. your finger on it and be exactly, like, oh, yeah. he is Frank, huh? Yeah, very cool. You know, so oh, very cool. All right, awesome. Yeah. So, um, as usually, we always have to talk about is the drinks and some food. What are yeah. we ta we're talking about here? Actually, everything was outstanding when we were there. It was fabulous. I'm amazed at how many good food places. You, like you must place, run up and down the menu when you go places. I mean, holy jeez. Yeah, well, no, but have you noticed that every single place that he goes to. Yeah. It's usually tiki, and he usually has really good things to say about the food, Yeah, which is surprising to me, because I would think that a tiki place would focus on the drinks, right? Yeah. yeah. But they also, but here's the thing, right? A lot of people can make really good drinks, but you have to get people coming back, so they'll sit there and drink longer. Well. Yeah. Exactly. If you don't yeah. have any food, you're just going to have one or two drinks, and you're going to go somewhere else to eat. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, there are some tiki bars we've talked about that actually have no food. Yeah, like Tiki Tea in Los Angeles. They have no food. Uh, what, so, what, how long do you think a, a normal fellow that goes to visit a tiki bar spends inside the tiki bar? Well, well we so see people time come wise. and go. I know. We're we not typical, so I'm not going to use <laughs> us. That's right. Exactly. You're definitely um, typical. <laughs> I would say people spend uh, three drinks worth the time. 
Right. So, uh, so that'd be what, two hours, two and a half hours okay. with a bit of food. Now, here's a little tidbit to like, you know, because you're asking me how long they stay in the tiki bar for. I find that tiki bars, you know, and I'm just generalizing it from like you know, my observations and things that I'm read or, or Mark's adventures, is that tiki bars are more like a, um, a tourist attraction. Yeah. So in other words, yes, it's a bar and yes, you gotta go there and have drinks and yes, you might have food, but tiki bars are very specific to its clientele. I think more tourists and more people that are in that region visiting are going to hit that tiki bar than just a regular bar. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, so example, like I'm a, I work at the Earl Sussex downtown and because of where we are situated, uh, away from all the regular club stuff, we're kind of off the map and we're all near the tour stuff, like the art gallery and the mint and things like that, that we get more tourists there. So we're more tourist driven than most bars that uh, I've either a worked at or even are near us. But usually that doesn't mean that you need good food. On the contrary, no, no, if, if you're going to have more that, tourists, you don't yeah. really need good food. No, no. But no. I'm saying is that you're saying how long do they usually stay there for? Yeah. I think they might stay there long enough to get the experience of like, okay, cool. Let's check out the walls and hey, look at the menu and let's try a few drinks and try maybe a little bit of food. And then that's it. You move on to the next, you know, tourist thing you're going to. But I find it interesting that I did not, I never expected before our market ventures, I never expected to hear that tiki bar food was any good. Well, see, it yeah. all started back with uh, Trader Vic, yeah. believe it or not. Like, I don't, I have no idea what the food was like at the original uh, Don's. Don's. I, yeah. If they even had any, I have no idea. I could probably look it up, but I don't know. But Trader Vic started with the, the Chinese ovens and things like that. And there was even a food critic from way back when in San Francisco. It says, I hate to tell you people downtown, but the best place for food in town is a bar over on the other side of the bay. Wow. And that was Trader Vic's. Trader Vic's was noted for having amazing food. That probably pissed off some good Michelin oh, star, yeah. restaurant. exactly. star restaurants. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And there's a tradition of having really good food, but mostly not high-end food either, like good ribs, good whatever. Like yeah. as Trader Vic, I think it was quoted as saying, nothing better than talking with somebody with a rib in one hand and a good cocktail in the other. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. I can totally see that, yep. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And uh, so yeah, this place is, like I said, once again, a, a poo-poo platter. Yeah. Yep. They had a great poo-poo platter. The uh, pork sliders were amazing. And the um, Tiki Taco Tuesdays. Hey, Taco Tuesdays. Oh, God, I wish yes. I would do that. Yeah. I know. It seems to be everywhere we talk about it. It's like, Taco Tuesdays. Hey, it's yeah. Taco Tuesday. So Tiki Taco Tuesday is three tacos and a Mai Tai for 12 bucks. That's, That's amazing. Wow. There you go. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And as sure. for the drinks, we went through a whole bunch of the originals uh, over the two nights. And, well, uh, we'll figure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's Mark. Yeah. Well, we, we were there two nights. The... Um, and Josh, I was a bartender and he was just amazing. He was giving us, uh, they were letting us, they were making new drinks for us and they'd use their own collector tiki mugs, like their own personal oh, mugs. Oh, their own personal mugs. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Feeding, for, feeding us. That's dedication drink right there. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And so they're, they're classics and they're there. They have a couple of originals and the one they have is called Kraken the Dole Whip and it's only available at that Tonga hut. I when we visited the LA Tonga hut, they didn't even know the recipe for it there. Oh, wow. So, that's, so that's wait, does, actually, does it have crack and rum in it by no. chance? Oh, okay. <laughs> and it doesn't have cool whip in it either? No whip, no. No. <laughs> so it's one of those cocktails where I was like, yeah. we've named it, but there's nothing like that in it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's got all kinds of things. It's got uh, macadamia nut syrup and vanilla oh. syrup. and Oh, yeah. So it's really Oh, my good. God. And cream of coconut. Oh, there you yeah. go. There's so your favorite. It's, it's, yeah, it's really good drink, and it's just nice. like everybody that has it goes. Oh, ten more, please. Did you never yeah. try to to remake it? No, because first of all, I don't have half the ingredients. 
that macadamia nut liqueur is so hard to find. Yep. You can get in the States there. Uh, Trader Vic's makes one night. And we went through our bottle of it making just uh, fancy coffees. So, oh, yeah. Imagine, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll have to check out my coffee shop because that coffee shop might actually have yeah. macadamia nut yeah. flavoring syrup. <laughs> I'll have to look for you for sure. Yeah. There we go. How about like when it when it's open? Is it open all the time? Yeah. Well, day? see, that's a... That's another important question when visiting any place like this in the desert, because they have desert hours and winter hours. Okay. Desert <laughs> hours. Yeah, you have to explain yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> because it's really stinking hot there. I was going to say the heat. Yeah, because, well, it's a desert. Yeah. yeah. You know, it may not sound, oh, yeah, but there's air conditioning. No, it gets really hot there. In the heart of the summer, the locals don't go out. So if the locals aren't going out and there's no tourists, they're not going to be open. They're only going to be open for like a couple of days, uh, like in the weekend, like Thursday to Sunday, that kind of thing. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. Like right now they're only open Monday. They're closed Monday to Wednesday. Yeah. But I expect that's more to do with the COVID, uh, COVID stuff that's yeah. going on. Yep. So you just have to check the schedule when you're there and anywhere. I mean, like, uh, as we said, Australia has got like the big red rock in the middle. You can't get there in the summer because it's 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, you got to check that out, especially the time of year to go. But if you're going to go there and it's not summer, it should be open. Right, yeah. so a good time to go is like what you're seeing fall then yeah, September September past? September to April. Okay. And if you do go there and, and this COVID thing is gone, uh, try and get there for a Thursday night because they close off the street and um, there's like a little oh, wow. mini festival and uh, every Thursday and uh, Tonga. It's That's super recommend. cool. Yeah, it is cool where they do stuff like that. So uh, we, I have a couple of menus scanned, just a regular drink menu. Which, oh, there we go. Which they expect people to take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Really? Oh yeah, it's like, just, like it, Mark. Mark, you know, like I'll just uh, tuck that in my. I have shirt never there. taken a menu. Uh, <laughs> I've gotten Linda drunk enough that she takes the menus for me. Oh, okay. So you have a you. So you do a distraction, like, hey, yeah. I'll distract them over there. Yeah. You shove that into yeah. your purse. No, this one's just like an eight by ten uh, that they've <laughs> so la- smart. laminated, and uh, but the other one I got was a uh, which will be up there as well, uh, and a nice menu by Shag. Uh, artwork by Shag, and as well as some pics from both inside and outside. Well, inside the uh, the secret room and then outside, of course. Cool. Okay. So, um, Shag. 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 Yeah. Who's Shag? Shag? Ah. See, this is a case where somebody like Beach Bumberry were well familiar with it. Probably never, of course, never heard of Ever. Beach Bumberry before doing this blog, right? Yeah. Yep. Shag is something that everybody in the tiki world knows. And I never oh, heard wow. of him before either. Because of his artwork. Mm-hmm. And it's very, what they call lowbrow. There's a lot of detail, not a lot of detail. Yeah. And uh, it's very primary color type driven. Like there's only like two or three colors in all his prints, uh, generally. Yeah. Okay. But he's, he used to be uh, oh, he's a musician. They started doing artwork for his own album covers. But his name comes from his, uh, Shag comes from his last two letters of his first name, Josh. And the first two letters of his last name, Agle. So Shag. Shag. Oh, that's, very cool. That's yeah. creative. Yeah, and so his stuff is now becoming very recognizable. There was one tiki event that he started off and he put up some of his prints. They all sold out immediately. They had another tiki show. They all sold out immediately. Wow. And so he started doing more work and more prints. And now he does work for Disney. He's done a bunch of things. No for way. Yeah. The uh, Well, you might have, Linda was at your tiki party. She was wearing that yeah. Star oh, Wars that shirt. Star Wars shirt. That's a shag shirt. Very cool. Wow. That's and, amazing. Yeah, he's he's uh, getting around. Holy yeah, he, yeah, he's actually done <laughs> some other stuff for Disney. He's done some coasters and some other stuff, and he does mugs now. Uh, but he has his own store with his own creations. There's uh, one in L.A., and there's another one just down the road from the Palm Springs Tonga Hut. Wow. Yeah, Palm Springs is great. Everyone should go. Like I, people say, there's a big sign there. It says "Fabulous Las Vegas." 
Palm Springs is fabulous. Oh. Yeah, especially if you're into the mid-century type architecture and all that kind of stuff. There's other tiki places to visit there as well, which we'll probably get into in the adventures to come. And uh, we drove from Vegas, crossed the Mojave, and driving on what's a little bit what's left of Route 66. It was a great adventure. Nice. That's awesome. Okay, so cool. So there's another Mark's Adventures Tiki Bar for you guys. Uh, so we will have all the information on Mark's page for all of that and some pictures, the menu scan and all that stuff. So check it out. We'll put some links on there as well for you guys. And if you happen to be in the Palm Springs region, there you go. Check out uh, Tonga Hut. It's very cool. Did you know? I, I did, did not. not. There you go. All right. Since we've been talking about cider and Thanksgiving, I figured it'd be great to do some uh, cool facts about Thanksgiving on the show. Since we're getting close to either we're just coming up to or passing Thanksgiving. Uh, also, too, you guys do go down to our episode page there. And there's a bunch of Thanksgiving ones we've done in the past. It's got some really cool facts for you guys about Thanksgiving and some cool drinks. So we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. And so one of the things that Thanksgiving is, is regarded to being the beginning of the fall to winter holiday season for the Americans. So in other words, you go Thanksgiving, then you go Black Friday, and then you go Christmas, and then New Year's. And so it's always funny because actually I lived in the States for a while there. And what it is is that Thanksgiving is in November. We're obviously in Canada. We do ours in October. Um, different time. Yeah, it's kind of strange when I came back to kind of adjust to that. But uh, the funny thing is actually my first Thanksgiving down in the States, it's funny because uh, I'll see for the guys, that's when all the football's on. There's like three or four NFL games on, tons of college football games on. So basically what it is, is all the guys go in the after dinner and um, watch the football game. And all the girls are going in the kitchen and all the girls are laying out all the flyers for Black Friday, which is the next day. And uh, they would actually scope out, okay, like, so two o'clock, this store opens and we're going to get a DVD player. Okay, three o'clock, this one we're looking at, we're going to get a cabinet from there. And then at four o'clock in the morning and they map it out because basically they'll probably leave the house around midnight to start their shopping for two o'clock. And yes, because the parking and the, the amount of crowd that will be at these stores, you literally almost don't sleep. So they go shopping all day and then they come home and crash. That is crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. They asked me one time, like, you want to go with, I'm like, I'm not going with you. How no, <laughs> I am not going with you. I have never done that in my life. Yeah. Ever, I the most I do is shop online for Black Friday. Exactly online. Well, now it's more of the convenience now, right? It's online, or you have Cyber Monday as well. Same thing in Ottawa. I mean, same thing in Canada. We have we have Black Friday, but bulk of the people actually do it online. So yeah, people used to do that kind of stuff here for Boxing Day. Yeah, you exactly. see Boxing Day. Oh, remember the Boxing Day specials? Yeah. Well, like no, it's so funny because like even that has changed. Now it's Boxing Day week. Like if you go see specials, right? It's not just that one day. The retailers realize that not everybody wants to go out that one day and get massacred, you know, by all the crowds. So yeah, so they actually stretched it out to a week. I remember buying a winter jacket like five days after Boxing Day, and I got Boxing Day sales. Yeah, it was great. So uh, yeah, so that's part of that. Now so let's go back in history to Thanksgiving itself. Abraham Lincoln actually scheduled Thanksgiving on the final Thursday of November because I remember on the last show last year we argued about like what day is it on in November. So it was actually celebrated for, on that day for every year until 1939. What then happened then is that Franklin D. Roosevelt comes along and moves the holiday up a week to attempt to spur retail sales during the Great Depression. So he figured, well, if I move it up a week, then maybe more people will spend money and the economy will be better. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't run so well. And actually, it was known as Frank's Giving. <laughs> so instead of Thanksgiving, it was called Frank's Giving. That's smart. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, so it actually didn't do very well. And so in 1941, the president reluctantly signed a bill making Thanksgiving the fourth Thursday of November. 
So that's where the fourth Thursday of November comes from, from 1941. Now, what it is that the original Thanksgiving, obviously, is the pilgrims that came over in the Mayflower uh, and had the big dinner with all the natives on the in the North American region. And so the sugar supplies would, would eventually dwindle that they brought over in the fall of 1621. So the meals you see, okay, or we have ourselves, we have lots of pies, we have cakes, we have tons of desserts. I've been, I don't know about you guys, but I've been some Thanksgivings where the desserts are more important than the actual meal itself. Like there's more pies and there's more variety of the desserts than there are actually of the meal. And uh, so that's didn't exist back then because there was no ovens and the sugar supply was very dwindling down. So the whole pie, cake and dessert thing was not part of the original meal. But obviously that's what we are now. Our tradition is to have all the desserts, like especially apple pie and pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. I've never Good tried a pumpkin God, pie in so my good. life. Oh, this yeah, year. Yeah, you will this year. We're going to bring some over. There we go. Okay. There we go. So is there any traditions that you have for Thanksgiving? I think you mentioned before to me when we were conversations, like there's like a Canadian version you have of traditions and an American version of traditions you yeah, have. Yeah, well, for the American one, a bunch of the guys and us for about 30 years now, we've been heading down to one of the local bars and watching American football and having a turkey dinner there. Yeah. But that's just a guy thing. It's not so much a yeah, family exactly. tradition. Um, Call it Thanksgiving if you want to. Sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> it's like, yeah. And uh, the, other, the other one, it's just usual family get together, have a turkey, and um, have pumpkin pie, and I eat the whole pie. Because <laughs> no one else likes <laughs> it. Oh, you're so lucky. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. I might also have to like fight over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jeez. The other thing else from my Thanksgiving, and I have to mention this because me and my brother, this is only two, two times a year this happens, okay? Um, and I've been doing this tradition since I can't remember now. Even my, I think my mom started this whole process, is the canned cranberry gelatin. So you, you get it, and when you open a can, you have to shake the can so then the gelatin comes out perfectly without being broken up. And lands on a plate and basically even still has the can yeah, so it looks ribs like, in it. So it looks like a rib dead jellyfish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you bring it out to the, the table and you put it out there and like, again, twice a year and only me and my brother-in-law are the only ones at the table will eat it. And so it was, it was funny because one of the first years that I was uh, dating Norma and we had Thanksgiving and she went out and got the canned cranberries and she just so tried to get out of the can. She just took a spoon and just scooped it out of the can onto a plate. So it comes out to the table and it's all chopped up. And I'm like, what did you do to the cranberries? And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's not a can anymore. <laughs> it's just wrong. It's, it's gotta, just cranberry now. <laughs> it's got to be, it's got to be like sliced circles. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you have to make it. So like, it's like a, and her sister finally cut in. She's like, you don't understand. It has to look like the can. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's going to have the ribs and everything. It's like, you know what I mean? Or it's not, not doable. It doesn't work. Yeah. We you slice realize it. it sounds we, really <laughs> gross, right? Yeah. We, we slice it right down the middle. So it's like, looks like two half barrels of drums. <laughs> one at one end of the table, one at the other. <laughs> I know. And people just don't get that. Like, oh, why? What's the big deal? I'm like, no, it's the presentation. It has yeah, to be there. That's right. like, then, then people get little half circles on their plates. It's great. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> I know. And Norma's like, I still don't understand why you guys are so fussy about the cranberries. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, so that is my tradition. Paula, do you have any uh, Thanksgiving traditions? Because I think you mentioned to me in a no. conversation, you don't even have Thanksgiving we down don't, in the, We uh, don't Brazil. celebrate Thanksgiving in Brazil. So how's it been for you to adjust when you came up to the States and the Canada? There's a Thanksgiving now. Well, it's easy to adjust because I love turkey dinner, right? Like, yeah. We do that in Christmas in Brazil, the turkey dinner with other stuff too. Yeah. So... I've never tried a pumpkin pie, for example, like never had any Thanksgiving desserts. Yeah. But I love, love the turkey dinner for sure. 
Yeah, like it's very easy to adjust to something that good. <laughs> it's like good food, right? Yeah. Especially on a, on a, when it's cold, right? Because then like hot turkey and you got mashed potatoes, you got carb, you know, like heavy food. Yeah. yeah. Stick in your ribs, you know what I mean? That's what you need when it's a cold day. Yeah, oh, yeah. the other people like, um, they like pecan pies. A reason I call it pecans because when, pecan. we when we were in New Orleans, we called them pecans. And she said, a pecan is something you find underneath your bed. Yeah, a pecan. At any rate, when I was in um, Quebec there two or three years ago, yeah, found some place that had top layer was pecan pie, the bottom layer was pumpkin pie. Oh, oh, oh man, oh, oh my god, put uh, two worlds into one. Oh. oh, mine, 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 mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, I can't even imagine that. That's amazing. Oh my god, cool. So, there's <laughs> some books that are all like mouth watering right now. <laughs> Need some pie. Uh, so anyways, there's some cool facts about Thanksgiving for you guys. Tons of facts today on the show about apple cider and some history of that as well. Mark's adventures, of course, always informative. And uh, so let's tell everybody who we are. Who are we? We are www.tikicentralcanada.ca. Or .com. There you go. And on that page, you will see the recipes to this episode. Also, the information to this episode. So there'll be some links in there for some videos and things like that for you guys. So hey, anyways, folks, on that note. On that note. Uh, yeah, so always there is an episode page. There's obviously a recipe page. Uh, as you'll see, it's very easy to navigate through those. All you do is click on the link you want. It brings you down to the page you want. Um, there might be a read more option. So just click on that. It expands it. And then to get back to the top of the page, go to the bottom right-hand corner. You'll see an arrow. You click on that. It brings you right back to the top of the page. We do have a subscribe page, folks. So please do subscribe. Please. Uh, you know. We oh, are please. driven by, you know, we are driven by subscribers. As you notice, there's no commercials on the show. And no so we are trying our best to keep it that way. Um, so we can cover, you know, so it makes it fun and entertaining for you guys. And you don't get crazy. Because I don't know about you guys, but I listen to podcasts. And as soon as I get in, there's one other day, someone recommended it to me. And I, as soon as I turned it on, it's funny. It actually literally had two minutes at the very beginning of the show of commercials. So I literally, I thought, okay, did I download the wrong show or something? Because it's supposed to be about this. And they're talking about this. And I'm like. Okay, very confusing. So, yeah, it's it's not a good thing to, you know, be sitting there advertising at the very beginning of a show, and then all of a sudden you have no clue what's going on. So, anyways, on that note, we're going to go off and make some more drinks. Uh, I think she's going to actually eat my apple from my apple cider, because apparently it's been fermenting in this alcohol all show mm, long. So, it's I wanna give it a really bite. good. It's like the worm in the bottle of, you know, tequila. It's like, okay. There we go. Let's see what happens here now. But much <laughs> less gross. Yeah, much less gross. I know, but it's funny. Like, you know, imagine you get pulled over. So you've been drinking tonight? No, I've had three apples, officer. Um, that's all I've had. <laughs> He's gonna look. We at did you. that with a watermelon once. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah, we all did that with a watermelon. Yeah, right? Filled, now. <laughs> filled, we filled ours with tequila. Oh, uh, just vodka. Mm. It's a vodka. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Tequila melon. Vodka watermelon. Oh. And if the cop is a listener, he's going to be like a, a funny, I know you. funny yeah, Crego. Right. He's going to look at my name going, well, Mr. Stevens, I've uh, unfortunately been listening to your show. I'm a very big fan of yours. Uh, so here's your ticket. Yeah. <laughs> Smart ass. We what happens our, when you become famous? <laughs> we brought ours to a concert. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the guy said, what do you got there? Watermelon? <laughs> <laughs> we used to do that with Gatorade. Yeah, he says, you know what I mean? yeah, no, watermelon. He goes, what? We got no bottles. Got no <laughs> like cans. Didn't clue in? Come on. Yeah, of course he serious? clued in. He oh, says, okay. No bottles or cans. Okay. And he oh, went, no. All right. <laughs> All right. No bottles or cans. All right. You're, There's you're always a gray area. I agree. Yeah. There's a free to go. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> free pass. Oh, you're playing by, by the law. That's, That's right. right. You're following the rules. There we go. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, I think we're going to go off and uh, make some more drinks because mine's almost empty in the cinnamon. Oh, there we go. Uh, Mark's gave me the uh, barkeep, barkeep uh, information here in a little tab there. And we'll go off. There we go. <laughs> She's shaking her blue, no, virgin apple cider over there for her. Yes. There we go. And uh, yeah, we're going to go off, folks. So thank you for listening and do stay tuned to the next show. Thank you very See much. Ya. Bye. Bye. Well, I don't know about you, but I got informed. Guys, hey, guys, where's my drink? Hmm. Do you still have apple cider up there? I sure do. Uh, we'll make a virgin. There we go. Aha. Hmm. Uh-huh. You can't make a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good oh please that don't cut that out yeah. <laughs> although we might have to but any help oh that's fantastic that was awesome you that just have to die and be born again <laughs>